Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Today we're going to read a a prayer of the Apostle Paul um, that he gave to the church of Colossae. So if you turn to the book of Colossians this morning. Anyone here play chess? It's like three. They'd say you can tell the intellect of your church by the amount of people that play chess. And uh, so, yeah, it's a struggle. It's going to be a struggle, this message. No, I can play chess. Let me be clear, though. I know exactly what every piece on the board can do. I know that a knight can go forward three places and, you know, and across one place or across one and, you know, forward one and across three. I know a queen can go in any direction, whatever it wants. You know, a bishop can only go in diagonals. A rook, straight lines. A pawn can go forward two, but only one time at the start. And then from then it can only go one. And, it, you know, no, the goal of chess is to take the king of the, op- of the opponent. The problem is that I have no strategy when it comes to chess. So if you play me, I know where everything goes and I can tell when you're doing the right thing or breaking the rules, but that's it. So I have no strategy, so the chances of me winning are very slim. Um, and, it, and it was told to me once many, many moons ago by um, someone. He said to me, see the whole board. And I still don't actually know what that means, but I, I, I understand that it's important that we don't get caught in knowing the rules of chess, that we understand the greater picture. We understand that there's many things all happening at the same time and, this, and our one move is not going to win us the game. And I want to encourage you this morning as we open the scriptures that uh, there's more. There's more in God's heart for you and his wisdom for you than the current moment that you're in. And he wants you to see the whole board. He wants you to see beyond this moment. And he, like that eagle, he wants you to maintain altitude so you can see the whole spectrum of things. He wants you to see the big picture. And when we talk about the big picture, we actually use the, the big picture as an earthly term, but the real term that is, he wants you to see the eternal picture. He wants you to see the eternal nature of your life and those around you. So before we read, why don't we pray? Father, as we open your word this morning, we don't want to get caught in the rules. We don't want to get caught in the methods. We want to surrender to the big picture, to the eternal picture, Father. We ask that you would open our eyes, that we may see beyond ourselves, that we may see beyond the moment, that we may see beyond the methods and the strategies and see the eternal realities of life. So we ask, Lord, that you pierce our hearts and our minds with revelation and illumination this morning. That as we walk out of this place, we walk out out of here having had an interaction with you and your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, starting from verse 1. Let's go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, 
grace to you and peace from, our God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And here starts the prayer. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. And it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And, you know, as we, as we immerse ourselves in, in, the, um, in the, all the different prayer in Scripture, we, we see wisdom. You know, when, 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 when something is put in God's Word, even if it's the, even if it's the prayer of a man, there's some, something for us to grasp in it. There's the grace of God. There's the wisdom of God. There's methods. There's strategies. But there's, there's something more. And we seek the more this morning. Because there's always a drama. I don't know about you, but when it comes to prayer, there's always a drama. There's always a cause. There's always a course of action. There's always a question to be asked. But I want us to take a step back this morning and consider the big picture, the eternal picture. What's God seeking of us in our prayer? What's he, what's he showing us through the Apostle Paul and Timothy's prayer? It's interesting, isn't it? You know, um, Frank said he had the, has the gift of encouragement. And I, you know, and I think a lot of time encouragement's birthed in being someone who's, who, who has thanksgiving within them. And you see the start of this prayer. You know, nothing disrupts a moment like thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but when the spaghetti bolognese is on the table and you know that tiramisu is coming afterwards, potentially an espresso and some other amazing Italian food, you know, you just want to get into it, don't you? You just, want to, you just want to dive into the food. But the Lord's, you know, what do we do before we eat? We give what? Thanks. We say grace or we give thanks. You know, and giving thanks disrupts the moment, disrupts the flesh, because all the flesh wants to do is participate. Sometimes, you know, when, the, when you're young and the, then the meal is vegetables and pumpkin and all these, you know, these other delightful things, you just want grace to last forever, don't you? So the, hopefully when you open your eyes, the food has disappeared and it's time for dessert. Consider grace before the meal. Patience in thanks before consumption. What about when life presents itself? You know, we, we say we give, we give thanks before we consume food. What about this idea of disrupting life with thanks before we get consumed? You notice in life, you know, you go along and things happen and you get consumed by them. You get consumed by thoughts. You get consumed by the moment, by a situation, by, by the good or the bad or the ugly and those things that are going on in your life. But the reality is if when we take a moment and we give thanks, we disrupt the moment with something bigger. We try to maintain our altitude, don't we? we? We rise above the moment by giving thanks. Sometimes, you know, we, giving thanks is like that eagle. He flaps his wings and gets back into the thermal. And, then, and then, when you open, then when you open your eyes, all of a sudden you're looking at it from a new perspective. 
So let's look at who they thank. Apostle Paul and Timothy, you know, they, they, they bring this prayer about the church of Colossium, they, but they first give thanks. And who do they thank? You know, and it's interesting because we, we know that it's in and through Jesus that we have access, you know, that, that all goodness comes to us. But who do they think? They, here's what they think. They give thanks to God, who is what? Who is, who is Jesus' Father and our Father. Who is Jesus' God and our God. Amazing words, aren't they? To the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, they give thanks to. And I think, you know, it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing um, position of honour when we acknowledge the giver of life, the creator you know, sometimes we have, you know, and I think even, even though they, they, you know, they talked about Jesus as being the, the son and, you know, and, and underneath God, you know, that was, it was no disrespect to Jesus, but it's like us. We interact. We meet God through people, through Jesus. But who do we give thanks to? We give thanks to the Father. And what do they give thanks for? They give thanks for the graces of God that they see in the people or hear of in the people of Colossae. I don't know about you, but I, it's, so, it's such a beautiful thing when you see the grace of God in somebody else, isn't it? I, I love the scripture here. It says this. It says, Since we heard of your, ready, of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints and for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Faith, hope. These are the graces. These are the principal graces of our, of our Father. And, and you know, if, if you want to consider something to be thankful for, look for the graces of God in those around you. There's so many things that, things that we get thankful for. We thank God for the food. We thank you for the hands that prepared it. We thank you for, you know, for, for uh, rain. If, we, you know, if it hasn't rained for a while, we thank you for sunshine. We thank you for creation. We thank you for our family. We thank you for being born in Australia. We thank you for all these different things. But isn't it interesting what the Apostle Paul and Timothy thanked for? They were so thankful to God. What for? For the faith that people had in Jesus, for the love they had for one another and for the hope that they had in eternal life. I want to encourage you this morning. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back from the moment because it's very easy in the moment to say, thank you for this thing that I have. Thank you for this, this, um, you know, this thing that's happening around me or, or, or we avoid it. But when we take a step, step back, we start looking at the faith and the hope and the love that we see in those around us. You know, I encourage you in your prayer, like Psalm 100 says in verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So we can look for the graces of God around us. How do you do it? You want to look for a, a, a examples of it, the eternal presence of God in the people around you. Because isn't it beautiful you, when you see someone come alive in their relationship with the Lord? You know, this week a, 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 um, a 48-year-old man, um, who some of you may or may not know, um, passed away this week. 
on the Sunshine Coast. He used to come to this church for, for a few years. And uh, as a teenager, he got caught up in the wrong, uh, wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and uh, found himself in prison for 17 years. And uh, it was about 10 years ago that, uh, that I got to meet him right here in this place. And I uh, got to spend some regular time. We'd catch up once every fortnight and um, talk about life and, and God. And, and, uh, and it's here that I got to know his story. And through him, I found out about another man who's also from this church uh, who had hope for this young man's soul when he went to prison. He loved him with the love of Jesus. And he faithfully visited him in jail for 17 years, to the point where when this man got out of jail, first place he came to was the church, this church, where that man was from. And I only met this man here in this church because of the faith, because of the hope and because of the love of this other man. And I thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ since I heard of this man's faith since I heard of this man's hope, since I heard of this man's love, his, 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 the, he poured out the love of God. He had eternal hope for this man, even though he'd, he'd made some mistakes and was convicted. And he faithfully visited him year after year. And this young man gave his life to the Lord and ended up here in this place. Since we heard, they said. Jesus says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. I want to encourage you this morning. We need to open our ears to hear the eternal sounds. We don't want to get so caught up in the moment. We want to, we, we want to hear what God is up to in people's lives. We want to hear the graces of God. Where are the graces of God present? When you hear that someone has, has, is full of faith, is full of love and is full of hope, that's a place to take a moment and be thankful And they thanked for the how too, didn't they? They thanked God. They thanked God for what? For the graces and then for the how. What was the how? And he says, he thanks God for the pathway of grace which they enjoyed, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. They didn't just hear it, they heard and knew too, didn't they? A lot of times we can, we can hear some, some guy waffling at the front of the stage or we can open the Bible and read the words and, we, and we, you, you know, it, sometimes it feels like uh, we're just going through the motions and the Lord, he wants you to hear and know. He doesn't just want you to, to, to retain information. A lot of times we talk in our prayer study about we, we ingest the word but then we need to digest the word. And it's as we digest it that the Lord uh, transforms us and lifts us up and helps us to, to get a better picture of life. You see, if you read the rules of prayer, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. But I don't think the Lord is inviting us into a prayer strategy. I think he's inviting us to something deeper. He's inviting us beyond the steps of prayer. He's asking us to listen to the sounds of God's graces 
present in our lives and in those around us? Can you see it in those around you? And I think the Lord's inviting us today, you know, simply in the first part of this prayer about Thanksgiving to disrupt our moment with Thanksgiving. Disrupt, we disrupt our, our dinner by giving thanks to the Lord. Let's disrupt those moments in life that consume us by giving thanks to the Lord. We give thanks for earthly things like food by thanking him for, thanking him for the hands who prepared the meal. And we give, you know, we, we give thanks for, you know, to the Lord to disrupt things that consume us by acknowledging something eternal. Where is your grace present in the lives of those around me? Church, let's learn to listen. Let's learn to listen. Take a moment and say, Lord, what's happening around me? Let me scan the people. Let me hear the stories. You know, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. What does that mean? Does it mean we can't see the heart? It doesn't mean that. It just means we've got to take a little bit more time and get to know people and hear the heart. And it's when you get to know the heart of someone that you receive their graces, you hear their graces. And it's in that place that we can give thanks. Verse 9, it goes on, it says, For this reason we, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may work, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all, patience and long-suffering with joy. Apostle Paul and Timothy, they, they petition God. You know, they don't just, they don't just petition him once. They, they persistently, they say without ceasing, they pray for them. There's a, there's a consistency in their prayer. It's not just something that, that they, they say flippantly in a letter. They, they, they say we, without ceasing, pray. What do they ask for? In the King James, you know, we say they, they ask that they may, they may have, be, have knowledge of the will of God. In, in the King James, it says that, says that, they, he, that the desire, they desire that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. I don't know about you, but desiring God's will is a challenging space, isn't it? What is God's will? It's an unknown, isn't it? We, we know the broad strokes of God's will. You know, we... we but when we ask ourselves, do we desire it? I know that I desire many things, but sometimes uh, desiring God's will can be fairly broad, can't we? We know that the, that the will of the Lord is that all shall be saved. Great, I desire that. But what about how I am actioned in it? What about what God's calling me to do? I know, you know, Frank talks about the Solomon Islands, but when Frank goes to the Solomon Islands... He's not sitting in five-star accommodation and, you know, with his feet up and, and uh, you know, delivering um, amazing words in air-conditioned auditoriums. He's in the deepest, darkest, sweatiest places. You know, I've been there two or three times and, you know, the first thing I want to do when I get there is get back on the plane and come home. Because sometimes there's, an un- there's a discomfort in our situation so the will of God requires us to surrender to what? To the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. To have a knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So what's the will? I love it in 2 Peter 3.8. It says this, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that the Lord, with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's inviting us out of the moment and into eternity. He's inviting you today, even in your prayer, he's inviting you out of the moment, the challenge of the moment and, in, and beyond. He's inviting you to a new perspective. We're always in the moment. We're trying to get out. We're either trying to get out of the moment or extend a moment or define, help us, Lord, define this moment so that we can talk about it. Paul and Timothy, you know, through this letter, inviting us to consider what God's will means to us as individuals. It's great. The will of the Lord is that all would be saved, but what does that mean for me today? You know, and... And why is the will of God for each of us important? It's important because it goes on, doesn't it? You know, we, we, we may, that we what may work, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we know the general will of God, but what is the specific will of God for your life? And this is our prayer. This is my prayer for you today. This is what I challenge you to seek in your own prayer life. Lord, show me your will for me specifically that I may walk worthy of your calling. See, our prayer becomes practical, becomes personal. The knowledge of God's will for for us, for our families, for our workplace, for wherever we are becomes personal so that we can implement it, so that we can actually, we know the general will of God, but where do I position myself in your will, Lord? Where do I position myself in your church, in my family, in the workplace, in our community? Let me say this about knowledge because it uses the word knowledge. Knowledge is a blessing when it's applicable. I tend to find myself in a lot of conversations these days where I'm hearing a lot of knowledge that one, I can't verify and two, I can't apply. And it tends to cause feelings that are not solvable. It tends to cause frustration or fear or anxiety or these things because it's not, it's not applicable. And I think when we gain a great knowledge of the Lord... It's applicable in our lives on a day-to-day basis. He's not wanting us to to swim in the depths of of abstract knowledge. He wants us to have a knowledge of his will so that we can walk accordingly. And when we walk in his will, it says we'll become fruitful. Not only will will we be fruitful, we will gain a fresh awareness of God, a fresh knowledge of him. Healthy knowledge leads to fruitful works. Now, church, we... There's a simplicity in our relationship with God, but the problem is we don't want it to be simple. We want it to be difficult. The problem is we get caught thinking we, we, you know, we want to solve the moment and God's going, look, the moment 
is going to come and it's going to go, but I am here forever. Eternal life is eternal, and, I, and he wants us to rise up. He wants us to rise up with wings like eagles, and he wants us to, to start with thanks. He wants us to disrupt our moments with thanks, and then he wants us to discover his will. Not, and we know his broad will from the scriptures, so what are we praying? We're praying about his specific will for our lives that we may take a step today and get on a journey with him. Healthy knowledge leads to fruitful works. And the scriptures goes on, which we have no time for. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. There's plenty in that too for you to consider. Why don't we pray this morning? Father, we are thankful. We're thankful when we look around the room and we see your grace is present in each other's lives. We're thankful, Father, when we see faith in people. We're thankful, Father, when we see your love poured out of people. We're thankful, Father, when your hope is visible in the lives of those around us and in ourselves. Lord, help us to have ears to hear the sounds of your graces in those around us. And Father, for each person here this morning, Lord, I ask that you would sharpen their knowledge of your will. Lord, I ask that you would increase their capacity to understand the steps for their lives, Lord, that they would, that they would be able to take a step back from the moment and see your will beyond this moment, to see your eternal presence working in and through them, that they may be impacting, that there may be fruit from their lives and their knowledge of you may increase, Father. Just touch your people this morning, Lord. Strengthen their resolve to be obedient, Lord. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.